Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, Across The Pond, the UK NFL fantasy football podcast with me, Alex Brindle. Me, Lewis Brindle. Uh, and me, Alex Sharples. Nice to be joined by you again. Lads, uh, what a week. Week 8 was, by the way. Points are, are very much back. Some very nice games of football to watch and exciting. Probably the best red zone of the year. Maybe it's because we were comparing it to those previous two weeks, which were awful, but there were a lot of points scored, a lot of killer running backs this week. Kamara, McCaffrey with 40-plus fantasy points. Henry Pollard and Foreman with 30-plus. And Chubb, Etienne, Cook, Jamal Williams, Stevenson and Antonio Gibson with 20-plus fantasy points. What game stood out to you, Sharples, this week? Um, I think it has to be the uh, the Falcons versus the Panthers. Uh, go, going into the week, it was nailed on for me as, as probably one of the worst games, but it was an absolute nail bite. Uh, the ending was was brilliant with the with a great catch from DJ Moore at the end. Um, and yeah, um, thirty seven thirty four for two teams we didn't expect it. I thought it was I thought it was a great game. Yeah, that Hail Murray pass from PJ Walker though, unbelievable. Best pass of, best pass of the year. Maybe that that was that was a dime, and um, DJ Moore subsequently lost the game potentially. I know you 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 should be making a kick from that far out, regardless. However, it was twenty yards further back because he took his helmet off. Lou, what about you? What what did you enjoy watching this past week? I enjoyed watching the running backs. Um, as oh, you yeah. say, they were unreal. Just mentioned a few of them. Um, you know, I mean McCaffrey. <sighs> Is that the best he's ever looked? <laughs> he's great. I just yeah. this isn't even just running backs now. I, I made a quick note because this week it was ridiculous. We had five non-quarterbacks with three total touchdowns. McCaffrey obviously threw one, caught one, and ran one in. Tony Pollard had three touchdowns. Foreman had three touchdowns for the Panthers. Kamara scored every point in that game, uh, and AJ Brown as well. So. You know, I mean, just just good if you're playing against any of those players. Well, you say that, but I had two of those players on my roster, and I only won this week by eight points oh. because there was just so many people going off. I mean, yeah. Derek Henry went for thirty-five. You know, two went for thirty. It was just, I think, I think you're right, Al. Obviously, compared with the previous weeks, you know, it, it makes this week look insane, but. I don't remember a week like this in fantasy football that I've played where this many people went off for the, for such an amount. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it was crazy. Go on, Lou. It's, it's, just, it's usually spread out. This time you had all yes. the points being scored by a few players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know you, you had some decent, some like half-decent games from the wide receivers, but it was certainly the week of the running backs and of a few quarterbacks as well to a... Had a really big game as the Dolphins won. It's nice to see the Lions scoring points again, but I mentioned to you two before this show, uh, I don't buy Tua entirely because, you know, Lou said he can't do anything about this and he's playing with what he's got, but I think his numbers are inflated because he's throwing the ball to the two fastest guys in the league. But speaking of one of those fastest guys... Tyreek Hill went absolutely off. He, he's on pace to break the receiving record. Um, even more receiving yards he's uh, on pace for than Cooper Cup last year. And I heard, I was listening to a show, and they said, you know, this is clearly what Tyreek wanted when he left the Chiefs. He saw what 
Cooper Cup was doing. And even though he was getting utilised by the Chiefs, he wasn't Cooper Cup utilisation. Looks like it is at the Dolphins now. And Cardinals-Vikings. The Vikings, uh, are they legit, Lou? What, what do you reckon? Because the the winning games, I mean, it was, it was a bit frustrating if you were Justin Jefferson. Just on Jefferson, lads, when do you think was the last time he scored a receiving touchdown? Justin Jefferson. I mean, well, to be honest, before you said that, I just assumed he was getting one a game. But, uh, I mean, week five? Blue? Yeah, uh, week four. Week one. He's not scored a wow. receiving touchdown. He, he scored two in week one, and he had a rushing touchdown about three weeks ago. But since then... The touchdowns haven't been there, so he, he got nearly 100 yards again, but it was a little bit of a frustrating game for Jefferson. But, Lou, you were shaking your head a little bit there when I asked whether the Vikings are legit. I was shaking my head in a good way, like, yep, 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 yep. I think they are. I think the the leg transplant that Kirk Cousins had with uh, Lamar Jackson was a success. Um, incredible run. Like, the best run of his career, for that that rushing touchdown, it was amazing. He's got you know, so that's another that's another asset. You've got a rushing quarterback now. Um, yeah, no, I do. I think they're really good. Um, like I didn't buy them at first, but they've been winning games pretty convincingly, scoring pretty convincingly. The defense isn't great, which is why I don't hold them in the same regard as you know the Bills, the Eagles. But I think the contenders. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, you just, I want to see, um, on I, I want to see on the defensive side for the Vikings what we saw this week on the offensive side for the Cowboys. You know, actually finally coming out and winning a game on offense. I want the Vikings to sort of control a game on defense, which I don't think that they've done yet outside of Week One, but against the Packers. But Week One's Week One. It's always weird. Yeah, you mentioned the Cowboys there. 49 to 29, they beat the Bears. This was a more competitive game than the score might suggest. You know, the Bears were in this, and to put up nearly 30 points on an excellent Cowboys defense, it was a good showing. I want to mention Justin Fields because he's a top 12 quarterback on the year, and he's had four really good performances in a row now. Like, he should be rostered, and he's got Miami, Detroit, and Atlanta coming up. During that run, you have bye bye weeks for people like Lamar and Burrow. You should write. You should you should feel comfortable starting him in those weeks, shouldn't you, Sharps? Just Justin Fields. Um, I think certainly more comfortable than you have been. Like recently, I think I do think he's still boom bust. Um, he certainly put a, a good run together. Um. Yeah, I'd I'd feel comfortable starting him, especially I think because I think you're somewhat playing with house money. Because if if you're looking for a quarterback, you know it might be because you've drafted the likes of Brady and Stafford and Wilson or whoever, and they've and they've been like legit terrible. So you know that there's less risk in playing him there because you know what's your alternative? Um, but yeah, no, you definitely can't argue with the past couple of games. I just feel like he's got um he's got a couple of mistakes in him. Um, I think I mean if if we're talking a dynasty league here great because i think in a few years he's going to be brilliant but yeah i'm still still not i'm not as sold on him as you are i don't think i'll yeah i i love those orange bears uniforms as well by the way they popped they absolutely popped um how about the saints shutting out the raiders jeez listen what happened here? i mean 
here's a question for you, right? Who's getting sacked first strike? Cliff Kingsbury, Josh McDaniels, Lovey Smith or Frank Reich? Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich. And I want to talk about the Colts in a second. But I heard that Chris Ballard, the GM, is the only reason why Reich didn't go last year after the whole Carson Wentz debacle because because Reich was the, the big kind of supporter of Wentz and Wentz really ticked the owner off. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Reich's gone after like one more loss. Mm. Um, but yeah, back to that Saints game. Just atrocious. Like not by the Saints, obviously by the Raiders. Just, just terrible, terrible defense. Um, and offense was just as bad. How can you have Josh Jacobs on a career year and Devontae Adams and and score nothing and pay Hunter, Hunter Renfro all that money? Yeah, um, score nothing. Awful. Um, I mean, but you know, I just want to give a quick shout out to a team that I want to get your opinions on them. Right, the Titans. Is this sort of is this the quietest five and two team ever? They always are. Yeah, mm-hmm. they always are. It was like that last year. Um, but I think for good reason because you saw what happened last year once they got into the playoffs. I, I'm. I'm not convinced by them. I think that you know that they're gonna collect wins in the regular season, particularly in the division that they're in. You know, they're always gonna be able to give the ball to Derrick Henry, but I just think if you look at the offense, it's not not good enough. Aside from Derrick Henry, I don't think they've got enough pieces. They've got a good defense, some good pieces on there as well. But I think you know once you start getting into the playoffs and you start playing against those top teams, like for example, they're gonna play the Chiefs this week. Let you know, let's just see because I, I think that's gonna be the the actual test. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mike Vrabel's probably just one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Like he's he's the bet he's the best branch of that Belichick coaching tree. Uh and that's that's the reason. It that's if there was ever a reason to show you why really good coaching can often just put you into that into a higher like echelon than the talent on your team deserves to be in, it, it's Vrabel and the Titans. Yeah, I agree with that. Um Really, um, but as you said, we'll just we'll just have to see this week against the high-powered Chiefs. Quick shout out to uh, Richie James, wide receiver of the New York Giants, who who fumbled two punt returns. Um, must have had Seattle on his accumulator. <laughs> <laughs> Has he still got a job? Yeah, somehow. Yeah, well, Eagles they're still rolling. Not much else to say there. Uh, I will say that the Packers, uh, fair play to them. They were in that game in the fourth quarter. You know, it wasn't as bad as I think people thought it was going to be. Lovely touchdown catch by Romeo Dubs as well. Dubs, yeah. Not as good as that Hopkins catch, though. Oh, that was insane. My God. Insane. He's back. He's big time, big time back. Hopkins went off this week. But let's quickly, there's two more games that I want to talk about and one player. We didn't mention in our kind of running back, running backs who went off before, and we've not mentioned him really all year. Jonathan Taylor, what, what's going on? We just literally five minutes before recording learned that Naheem Hines has been traded, so maybe that changes this discussion. But Sharps, talk to me about Johnny T. I, I'd love to tell you. I, I just don't know. Um. The only explanation I can think of is he's got some kind of injury. 
um, and is trying to play through it. And because I remember he um, he was out a few weeks ago, and it came out that he'd never even missed a, a practice or something in his life before. So I don't know if there's something going on where he's either nursing an injury or does you know doesn't want to admit it. But that's that's the only only thing I can fathom because he looked like uh, he looked like the Incredible Hulk last year, and he just doesn't look the same. Um, you know, he had a good number of carries last week. I mean, 16, probably not the same kind of volume he was getting last year. But yeah, I think it's just the, potentially that and also just the fact that, you know, we've already talked about the Colts. They're in disarray. It's not worked with Matt Ryan. We don't know what this Sam Ellinger can do. Um, and there's just a bit of a dark cloud over the offense, really. So yeah, I don't know. Just just a sticky situation. Um, I'd still be, you know, if you, can, if you can try and get him in your league, I'd certainly be trying to trade for that upside because if there's even a chance they can get back to what he's doing last year, then that'll, you know, that'll win a lot of people league titles. But yeah, uh, certainly didn't didn't forecast this one coming. Yeah, and our older brother keeps reminding us that Jonathan Taylor wasn't amazing until the second half of last season. So maybe there's something true. in that. True, yep, true. But yeah. But what about the 49ers? Absolutely smashing... McVeigh off a bye week in LA. I didn't expect that. What about you, Lou? Um, I think I think that game says more about the Rams than it does the Forty Niners. Do you think? Um, because the Rams have looked pretty rubbish all year. Uh, the we know the Forty Niners are a solid team, and they're always going to be a solid team, and they're always going to c- compete for a playoff spot. Um, the Rams, I just don't know what's going on this year, really. Yeah, it was a statement, a real statement to your division rivals, to your kind of ne- like next door city rivals. I, uh, I I thought it was really impressive, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think also a statement to people who were questioning whether they gave up too much for Christian McCaffrey. It's pretty much like, yeah. well, that's what he can do, just go out and take over the game with with the football equivalent of a perfect hat trick. I mean, they should have really they should have let him kick a field goal. Because yes. that would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah, selfish that they didn't really. Yeah, yeah, they certainly proved they, they they proved me wrong because I I was questioning it last week and I was like, how can this offense get much better? Well, it did because I didn't. In my defense, I didn't expect him to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you had the Monday night game, which again just kind of flipped the result of what you were thinking it was going to be last week. It was that. Burs versus Patriots game, right, was the Monday night. And this time, the, the Bengals lose to the Browns pretty heavily. What what on earth happened here? Like I did. I really did not expect this one. I thought the Bengals were about to get really hot. Maybe they're really going to miss Jamar Chase, because since our podcast, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I think Jamar Chase, you know, they've got, you know, Teagans is great, Tyler Boyd is a really good wide receiver, but Jamar Chase is, is the key that unlocks that offence. Yeah, the chase touchdown was great. He mossed that defender, and and sorry, the, the Higgins touchdown, I should say, uh, and Higgins is great. But I, I probably need to go back and see what happened here because they 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 can't be losing to to the Browns, who some people were expecting a bit of a fire sale. You know, we were we were all expecting Kareem Hunt to be gone from there. But yeah, on to our categories anyway for the week. What what's you not buying it when Sharples? Uh, well, we just mentioned it. Uh, it's the Browns. Uh, I'm still not buying it. I know there wasn't that fire sale we saw, but I, I, it, it seems like a bit of a dead season to me. I think the Bengals were just reeling from not having Jamar Chase and they've not had a chance to adapt to that yet. 
Um, obviously, Joe Burrow threw a pick and a fumble. So yeah, uh, I don't like the look of the Browns, and um, I'm not I'm not forecasting like a very positive outlook for the rest of the season. Luke, Commanders, um, just because the Colts are really really bad, and the Commanders, admirable. They're at, they're at five hundred, the four and four, but they are in a great division. Um, so I just I'm not buying it just because I I don't think they can get anywhere in the division. But you know, it's a fine win, whatever. I'm going Broncos because that was a terrible London game to watch because it was the London game. It meant that we all watched it. Um, it was just bad. And it really, it was a story of the Jaguars, really. It was the story of how the Jaguars uh, play really well in the first and third quarters and really bad in the second and fourth quarters, uh, which is really strange. But that's what they do and that's what they did again. And it was more like the Jaguars winning and then losing and then winning and then eventually losing that game, so I'm going to go with the Broncos because they still look awful. Uh, impressive victory though, I, I just mentioned mine, I think the 49ers beating the Rams and Sean McVay off a of bye week in LA at SoFi was really impressive, but Lou, what about you? Yeah, I went the Cowboys, I alluded to it earlier on, um, they scored 20 points more than they have done all season, uh, their offence was really ticking, and you wanted to see that as a Cowboys fan, um, yeah. I'd say the Cowboys. Shops? Yeah, I went for the Niners as well. Um, say what you want about the Rams, but they've got two excellent pieces on defence in Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey, and the Niners just just made it look like they weren't even there. Um, great players, and obviously McCaffrey showing what he can do. So, yeah, Niners for me as well. Nice. And who's the worst team in the league, Luke? You can't, you can't have a record that they have and get shut out and not be the worst team in the league. It's the Raiders. Yeah, Sharples. Same for me. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, going to go Raiders as well. For some reason, I overlooked them, and on here I wrote the Colts still, because I think you texted us on Sunday night, Lou, and said, how do the Colts lose that game? Um, mm. But yeah I, yeah, I will flip and go to the Raiders as well. But Lou has got the... Uh, He's got the worst job, as usual. Go on, what what were the injuries, Lou, this week? Not as bad this week, to be fair. Only only a few notable ones, and none of them were major serious. Um, Cooper Cup, and you might have seen about this, he injured his ankle at the end of the Rams 49ers game, but it's believed he got off pretty lucky. Um, no sort of structural damage, and he shouldn't even miss some time, so he's fine. Patriots wide receiver Devontae Parker suffered a knee sprain on the very first offensive snap against the Jets, so that's why he goosed you if you played him. Um, but again, he also looks like he dodged a bullet, um, shouldn't miss too much time. And then the Packers wide receiver Christian Watson exited with a concussion, um, so just keep an eye on that, keep an eye on that wide receiver room, but that's about it for the offensive pieces. Mm, Christian Watson just can't get his season going at all. But there was a few trades last week. Um, we just missed the Kadarius Tony trade. I think uh, I'm a I'm a massive fan of that Kadarius Tony from the Giants to the Chiefs wide receiver. Uh, I think he's got the potential skill set of Tyreek Hill. He's more dynamic, more exciting, more explosive than any wide receiver currently on the Chiefs roster. But what's your temperature on it, lads? Sharples, what about what about you? 
Um, it's it's tough because it's a it's a clogged wide receiver room already. Um, there's sort of you know three three there that are of a similar level, but. I mean, from what I've seen of Tony, he's definitely got the potential to be the best one of that group. And as a lot of people are making the comparison, he is somewhat similar to Tyreek Hill. Obviously, no one's quite got that cheater speed that Tyreek Hill's got. Um, but we know what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and that offense can do with a player like him. So I think it's definitely exciting. Um, it's just question. I mean, it obviously, it never really worked for him in, with the Giants. And you've got to ask questions like, was it him? Was it them? Who knows? So we'll we'll see. Um, but I mean, certainly a higher higher ceiling for me when you're going from Daniel Jones to uh, to Patrick Mahomes. Mm, what, what about you, Lou? I think to me this is this is arguably like or potentially the 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 trade with with most to talk about this week. What do you reckon on this one? Um, I think I, I think it's good for the Chiefs. Always good to get you know more weapons out there. I just think. Tony just needs to stay healthy. We need to see it consistently, which we haven't done. Um, I mean, I also don't think that he's a reliable sort of breakout candidate this year. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes has settled into a groove with those pass catchers. I, I can't see him just zoning in on one guy now when it's working so well, spreading the ball out. So maybe something that develops in the off-season after this season. But I think it's good if he can stay healthy. It's exciting next year. Yeah, you'd think the Chiefs would would be... Uh, would trust that he can stay healthy if they've given up that much for him. But yeah, today you had TJ Hawkinson traded to the Vikings. It's a weird one from the Lions. Maybe they just wanted to to get out of him before they had to pay him like next year. And obviously the, the Vikings needed a, a replacement for Irv Smith, who's always perpetually injured. Um, I think we're all in agreement that this one, his fantasy outlook just kind of remains exactly the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then Claypool, Chess Claypool traded to uh, the Burrs. What, just on this one, what are the Packers doing, by the way? Uh, did they not want any help? Because I felt for sure that one of these wide receivers would go to the Packers, but yeah, this is good for Justin Fields, and I think for me the biggest beneficiary of this is George Pickens. But uh, go on, Lou. I, the the Packers thing's interesting because I saw a tweet um, just after Claypool had been traded to the Birds, saying that the Packers were preparing a generous offer for him, and then the Birds just swooped in. So too little, too late with this Packers team. They need to. Sorted out because I mean, well, they, they can't because the trade deadline's been and gone. So this is this is Aaron Rodgers' wide receiver room for this season. What do you reckon, Sharps? I mean, they're just a strange organization, aren't they? I mean, they've they've never drafted weapons for Rodgers, um, and. It all you, you always think, oh, you know, this must be the draft, or this must be they make a big trade, and obviously they've always had Devontae Adams, but yeah, I don't, I don't get it, I don't get it. They they're obviously confident in Rodgers, confident in the defense, but that's only going to get you so far. I think the recent Super Bowl winners have shown you that you need you need offensive pieces, like you you just do, and. That, you know, there's a few people going. I thought maybe Brandon Cooks, you know, his name was floating around. In, I, I that thought that would have well, been yeah. great. Mm. And to not make a move, I mean, surely Aaron Rodgers is going there, is sitting there thinking, you know, I've just signed an extension. You, you would imagine that they've told him they're going to get him some weapons. They're not. I mean, he must be raging. 
there's like a whole passive aggressive aura about Rogers and yeah. about the head coach and about everyone in that organization that they just kind of all secretly hate each other and I think it would have been better for both sides if they hadn't have signed a new deal. But I mean, yep. they can say all they want that they did drafting weapons this year. No one thought Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs were two of the best receivers coming out of the draft. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, yep. you know, that's not what you're talking about when you're on about drafting weapons. You're talking about using a high first round draft pick to draft weapons like the other year when there was a million good wide receivers in that draft and they ended up trading up to get um, John Love, who has not barely played yet. Um, but, yeah, I, I think. Uh, on the Claypool trade, what we were talking about, like I said, I think Pickens gets a bump. It, it, it's in the birds are interesting because they have got a lot of draft picks and a lot of cap room next year. Obviously, they might think Fields is the guy by then. Or me and Lou were chatting last night about how they could literally just go and hand Lamar Jackson a blank check, which is what I would do if I was them. Um, mm. Chase Edmonds to Denver, I. I don't get this one. It, it It's just an example of the dysfunction again for me because Chase Edmonds has shown to shown himself to be a pretty bad player this year. So I don't really get this the, one. The thing is with that is I think it's even more damning on Edmonds because um, it's not like Denver went out and traded for him. Um, Chase Edmonds was, was just a piece included in the Dolphins' uh, acquisition of Bradley Chubb from Denver. They were just like, the Dolphins were like, we'll give you a couple of picks and uh, th- this guy as well. That's even more damning than the, the than Denver actually hand-picking him and going, we want him. So, uh, yeah, I'm not really... Not really what a move, by, what a move by the way. Brad, Bradley Chubb's a dude, what a move. Um, yeah. yeah, Chase Edmonds, he's probably going to have more value than he did sitting behind Raheem Mostert. But speaking of Mostert... Reunited with Jeff Wilson. Um, do you think Jeff Wilson's just going to slot into that Edmonds wait, and, wait until most eventually gets injured role? I mean, if it's anything like the 49ers backfield, they'll both get injured. So yeah. um, maybe we should have got another running back in that trade. Yeah, I, I think I don't think Jeff Wilson's going to challenge him. I think he's shown himself to be a, a serviceable running back, but you know, most fit quite nicely in there. Um, which I think is why you've seen Chase Edmonds go because most have worked that well. So, yeah, I mean, bench roll, but in a sunnier climate. Actually, no, San Francisco's pretty sunny, but yeah, not quite as sunny as Florida. So, and no state income tax. So, why not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Love they've it. got the gas man as well. They've got Miles Gaskin still there. If they, We've got Mike McDaniel just oh, getting God, his. Yeah. Mike McDaniel's just getting his boys back, isn't he? He's getting all his boys yeah, from the 49ers back together. What happened to Miles Gaskin? I forgot he existed until they realised Chase Edmonds was that bad that they started giving Gaskin <laughs> snaps the other week. Yeah, I know. Because Gaskin was okay for like an, a, a large chunk of... Like a uh, season and a half, he was really good. For about two years ago, he, he was good, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's still there. And then Naheem Hines to the Bills. This was the latest one. Um I kind of like it, but I also kind of echo what our older brother said, which was you've just kind of got a worse version of exactly what you've already got in Devil Sing- Devin Singletary, and this kind of adversely affects one of my wave wire picks in a bit, which I'll I'll mention, but I'll also just preface it by saying this team just got no him minds. Um, <laughs> what do we think of this one, lads? Give me a noise on it, Sharples and Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed on that. Agreed. Um, You've also got the 
Jaguars trading for Calvin Ridley, a really interesting one. Um, I think Calvin Ridley's an amazing player. He's one of my favourite players in the league, but obviously a distracted season last season with uh, mental health issues, and then he was suspended for the whole of this season uh, because of uh, violating the NFL's rules on gambling. Um, You want to say that the Jaguars have just pre-ordered themselves a top 15, top 10 wide receiver for next year because that's how, how good Calvin Ridley is or was. But obviously, the best part of two years out of football, you don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. He'll be 28 years old. Um, you hope he's still as, as amazing as he was. But yeah, it, it remains to be seen, but certainly an interesting one. But as always, it's time to pull the spreadsheet up and look at how our players' picks did. Can we skip week. this section this week? We can, Lou, because because of you, I've added a new little feature to the um to the spreadsheet. Um, so obviously, each week we pick the players that that we want to plant our flags on. Really, we think are going to do well, and we uh we judge them after the fact with a hit or a miss. And a hit is if they score three points above the projection and a miss is five points below. I've added a new one in this week, though. It's a big, red, bold goose sign. Um, Lou, do you want to tell us why we added that this week? <laughs> because um, <sighs> cause the Browns don't know how to utilise tight ends. Um it's so annoying because it's just it's that it's that thing with fans football. Obviously, you know, you, it's all about feel as well. You got to you got to feel what games are going to be. You know, shootouts. What you know, you can do all the research you want about how often Jacoby Brissett targets tight ends and how the backup tight end has been utilized on that team, but the, those words are meaningless when he goes out and gets you a goose zero for zero for zero. Who is this that we're talking about, Luke? This is Harrison Bryant, uh, tight end for the Browns. He he was out there on 74% of offensive snaps. So, listen, if you got points for blocking, he would not have been a bust. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sharples, did your tight end fur any better? Um, Yes, my my tight end was good. Uh, Dallas Goddard, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, It wasn't an easy game for the pieces in the Eagles' offense because... AJ Brown was selfishly taking everything to the house, um, but he was able to carve out a respectable six receptions for 64 yards. Um, I think his floor remains very stable, um, but yeah, obviously when when Brown's going off like that, you're never going to be able to get a high ceiling. But um, yeah, decent week for Dallas Goddard. Great player, great player. Mm. Yeah, and it should be said that whenever whenever there's there's not a not necessarily a hit on the tight end section, but it's just a nothing. So it means that they, they did pretty well or they hit the projection. That's kind of pretty good as well at the tight end position, I'll be honest. And and 12 points is a very nice score for a tight end, what Goddard just got. I had Pat Frymuth, 9.7. It was kind of the most Frymuth game you've ever seen, really. It, it feels like every week he gets 9.7. Um, so, yeah, it was fine. Um, but, Lou, how did your wide receiver do? Chris Olave um, scored 10.2 PPR fancy points, was projected 14, so he was sort of a middling player. Unfortunately, the great, the game script just just was the complete opposite of what I thought it was going to be because 
Silly me thought the Raiders could muster more than one score. Uh, and they didn't even muster that. So, you know, you're not going to utilise your wide receivers if you're 24 to nothing up. Just keep running the ball. So, did fine, all things considered, but yeah. Mm. Sharples, you went back You went back to Tyler Lockett, didn't you? Yes, I did. I went for Tyler Lockett. Um, two things, unfortunately, stopped him from in a big week. One of them, DK Metcalf, somehow playing after having his knee rotated 180 degrees last week uh, <laughs> and continuing his Ironman streak. Uh, which, yeah, as I said, when I saw that injury, I thought there was no way in hell, but he's clearly a freak. Uh, secondly, much more annoyingly, um, Lockett fumbled the ball, which cost him two points. Oh, I saw that. That was, would have been a hit. It would well, have been a hit that well. was a fumble. That wasn't, that, he also had a pretty significant drop as well. He, he, yeah. Gino hit him for a, a beautiful throw. Lockett was destined for the end zone. It just fell straight through his, his butter-drenched hands. Yeah, exactly. So he finished with um, five receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, if not for that little two-point loss there, I think he would have had a boom. But, yeah, a, a respectable week considering that Metcalf played. Yeah, Geno Smith is throwing some pretty passes this year, I'll be honest with you. Every week he just throws an absolute just just floater. It's, it's so nice. Um I went DJ Moore. It was a big-time hit, 27.5 fantasy points. The um, the the kind of logic worked, and I'm 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 sticking with that logic for my pick this week that you'll see. But the logic of like kind of gambling on a on a quarterback's tendency worked, uh, and more went off, and it would have still just been a hit if he hadn't have had that huge hail mary touchdown. But obviously, you always love to see that. Unfortunate, the penalty and the celebration. But I think you can start DJ Moore as a wide receiver too, going forward. If it, from from like now, what do you reckon, lads? Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, it's sort of hard to pre- predict with the offense with PJ Walker and stuff, and you know, will Baker Mayfield end up sorting his way back in or whatever? But he, I mean, no. we know we know what he can do. We know his talent. It's just obviously mm. that Carolina. Well, Carolina really is what it is. So, um, but yeah, I think certainly as a wide receiver too, I'd, I'd be comfortable, particularly if you've got a stable wide receiver one alongside him. Yeah, uh, running back Lou went for Miles Sanders. Um, almost got his projection. He got thirteen point eight. He projected fourteen point one. I mean, it's a solid game, really. Um, Seventy-eight rushing yards, one touchdown. He didn't. He didn't sort of boom like I thought he was going to, but just another solid game on the ground for Sanders. Mm. The, the the Eagles can just kind of score anywhere they want. It feels like uh, Sharps. Uh, yeah, so I went for uh, Travis Etienne uh, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars in his first week uh, as the uh, lone running back. Really, obviously, with James Robinson being traded, and he he did exactly what I wanted him to. Um, 24 carries for 156 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, because obviously, obviously when I picked him, I was mentioned about the volume. Um, did sod all in the receiving game, which is strange for him because he is known as a receiving back. But when he's getting that kind of, you know, amount of carries, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and also the fact that he did it in quite a, you know, low-scoring, stodgy, stinky game, I think is is a good outlook. So, he did, you know, he doesn't need a lot of points or whatever to, to be relevant. So, uh, yeah, very positive for him going forward, I think. Yeah, he looks fantastic. 
Yeah, and I went for Raheem Moster, and this was really disappointing. Uh, it's a miss. He did get 7.7, so he didn't totally kill you, but the matchup was so juicy, and I'm so gutted that he didn't really do much. But n- no running back really did much in this game. You know, both Lions and Dolphins uh, with less than 20 running back carries per team. So, um, you know, you're not going to find much value when each team runs the ball less than 20 times with, with the running backs. So, um, high-scoring game, a lot of, a lot of yard, yardage for the wide receivers, um, spe- especially on the Miami side. But most are completely miss here, and I don't think many people would have pro- projected a miss. Um, Given how disappointed you were with them, Al, would it be fair to say that you were most hurt by most hurt? That would be very fair to say, yeah, thanks thanks for that one. Uh, <laughs> Lou, why did you see... Uh, sorry, I was just thrown off by the hilarious gag. Um, I know. Quarterback. <laughs> uh, I, I had Daniel Jones. He was a, he was a miss. Did um, we not say? Did we not, like, set here? It was Matt Ryan and then Daniel Jones, mate. <laughs> yeah. You're asking for it. You're asking for <laughs> it. Playing it fast and loose, mate. I like to play it fast and loose for the quarterbacks. Um, yeah, completed 17 of 31 passes for 176 yards. No touchdowns. He had 20 rushing yards, though. 9.04 fantasy points. Um, just not really a great game for the lad. Uh Sharps, I think think you didn't retire uh, though, he didn't retire. Didn't retire, yeah, nice. <laughs> well your quarterback shuffles directly affected my running back. Go on. Yes, um sorry about that, but I went for uh Tua Tugavailoa, um quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, who was um yeah, my my best pick of the week. Uh three hundred and eighty two yards, three touchdowns, I think just under thirty fantasy points. Um, you know, that the match was as, as high scoring as forecast. Uh, and also the Dolphins were actually chasing the game for a fair amount, which I don't think a lot of people were expecting. I'm pretty sure they were something like 14 nil down at first. So obviously, too, I had to keep on slinging it. And when you're slinging it to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, um, you know, you're going to have a good time. So, um, yeah, uh, best pick of the week um, for me for Tua and very happy about it. Nice. I uh, I went Kyler. 24 fantasy points was a hit. You know, he's clearly got got that uh, Modern Warfare a week early. So he got out of his system and uh, <laughs> he should be a forget about it from now on. So yeah, Kyler, it, it, it's back to Kyler. He's running it, he's slinging it and he's throwing interceptions. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is back and it, it, it's lit- it's so strange how it's kind of like, it's just reverted straight back to last year. It's like he's not learned anything about throwing the INTs, the offense hasn't learned anything from not having Hopkins. They've just gone back to the offense with Hopkins because clearly it scores more points. It's not perfect, but it scores more points than they were doing. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't care whether the Cardinals win or lose. I like it when Kyler Murray scores fantasy points, and he did this week. So, yeah. Uh, before we get into waivers, I just want to um, quickly talk about some backfields with you both because through the first half of the fantasy season now, we've seen plenty of evolution in backfields on some of the teams. So just wanted to highlight some and get get our thoughts on them. So Chicago, Khalil Herbert outscored David Montgomery again this week. Um, I don't think it's him necessarily winning that backfield but do you reckon you can play both of them with similar levels of confidence going forward 
Sharples? Um, yes, if if you're looking for a stable flex player. Um, I think, as you say, Herbert's not going to take over that role, but he is going to do enough to sort of take David Montgomery out of that RB2 slot, which is where he's been for the past couple of seasons. So, unfortunately, if you're if you're a Montgomery owner. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I think I think there's a, st- a steady flaw for them both. As I said, if, if you're looking for a stable flex player to get you ten points a week, then I don't see why you can't start start them both. Mm, yeah, I would agree. I think that Herbert's been a bit more efficient as well, which is what you like to see. But Al, what do you think? Yeah, I th- I think you can probably flex them both with the knowledge that Montgomery's probably the safer flaw, but uh, Herbert has got the ceiling. I think it's a really good running game, and I think they're exactly what Chicago want. They want two good running backs to complement the running quarterback. So I don't think you're going to see anything change. I don't think Montgomery's going to be able to win his job back. I don't think Herbert's going to usurp Montgomery. So I think you can, you know, flex flex either of them, even though I think Herbert still does feel like a bit of a more risky play than Montgomery, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Reminder Stevenson running back for the Patriots, outscored and was used far more than Damien Harris once again. Um, has Amanda Stevenson packed up Harris's bags and evicted him from the starting role? Looks like it. Certainly looks like it. Yeah, he's, cer- he's certainly taken the starting role. Whether he keeps up this ridiculous amount of volume is, is another matter because, I mean... Bill Belichick's not the kind of coach who'll, who'll get swayed. Like, if he wants to have two evenly used running backs, that's what he'll do. But um, he's definitely the the number one of uh, of the two now because he's, he's just been that good for the past, what, four weeks? Yeah, he's been great. Been excellent. It feels like a, a flip of the Chicago situation in that the kind of potentially more exciting and higher ceiling player is the starter and the guy who has maybe got often had a in the previous years a safer floor in Harris because he's more of a ground and pound guy is the is the uh the backup which is the way you'd want it really. It just gives you more confidence in Stevenson, I suppose. Yeah. Tony Pollard had a massive game, three touchdowns, hundred and forty seven yards from a scrimmage. Has he played his way into a more significant role when Zeke comes back? No. No, because the team loves Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and no matter, I don't think I don't know if there's many things that Tony Pollard could do to become the starting running back there. I think. I, I mean, after this, this is what this is what you do to win the job this past week. So if he hasn't, then yeah, he's got no chance. Yeah, but there's not many. I don't think there's many teams that love a player like the Cowboys love Ezekiel Elliott, and I mean like the fans, but the organization as well. And as a, as a Cowboys fan, I think Zeke getting further into the season and potentially into the playoffs is going to be really, really valuable. And they complement each other a lot. Um, For me, Pollard's been the better running back for the better part of a year and a half now. But no, I don't don't think, barring like Zeke missing the rest of the season, Pollard's not the starting running back there. Yeah, I I agree. But um, I think it should be Pollard. I think Pollard probably should have taken over from week three. Um, I, I just think he looks a lot more explosive. Uh, I feel like Zeke's probably, uh, well, if he's not already injured, gonna get injured again before the end of the season. And I just think, yeah, I don't think it'll happen because, as you say, Al, they, they do love they do love him over there. But if you're looking at it from just the just the eye test, I, I think Pollard at this point is a superior player. And it is a shame because it's like we 
you don't like seeing players kind of when they get over the hill. And Ezekiel Elliott was probably the best running back in the league for at least two, if not the better part of three years. Uh, but he's just not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, would like to see Pollard utilised a bit more, though. He's been great. No, Al, I think this is gonna this is gonna spin off into something you want to quickly talk about. Um, Jamal Williams is still dominating the goal line work for Detroit. What are we making of this, Al? Well, I, I I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go off in a minute. So let Sharples Sharples say your piece, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go off. Uh, yeah, I mean to to be honest, I'm not overly surprised as a DeAndre Swift owner from last season. Th- this is what the problem was. Like obviously injury as well, but Swift looks so good. But the fact is, he Swifted, you know, run the 80 yards or whatever to get to the end zone, get tackled, and then every time they'd wheel out Jamal Williams and he would come and steal the glory. So um, yeah, not too surprising for me. I- again, similar to Zeke, they, they just love Jamal Williams there. He's he's certainly got a place on the team, but you know, for for me, Swift should be at least twenty twenty five carries a game. Um, but yeah, Alec, I can see you shaping up, so I'll leave the floor to you. It it's as a not just as a Swift owner, but as a fan of the game, it is annoying to see because DeAndre Swift is clearly the best player on this team. So. This season, Swift is proving to be extremely efficient with his limited touches. He's he's only touched the ball 45 times so far this season, and admittedly, he's been injured, he's missed four weeks, but he is only averaging 11, about 11 touches per game when he plays, which is not enough, you know. He, he's still been very usable for fantasy, and that is because he's averaging nearly one and a half fantasy points per touch of the ball. 1.4 fantasy points per touch. So clearly, Swift is exceptionally talented, but how he's being utilised by the Lions is incredibly frustrating. So, I mean, just to show how how amazing Swift is as a player and how, sh- how stupid the Lions' use of him has been so far, I wanted to see what what his fantasy points might look like with an increased workload, basically. So what I've worked out is how many fantasy points in PPR leagues over more used running backs would have if they ha- if they averaged the same points per touch as DeAndre Swift does. So if Miles Sanders, with his workload, averaged the fantasy points per touch that Swift did, he'd be on 175 fantasy points so far this season. That would make him the running back one. If Derek Henry averaged the 1.4 fantasy points per touch that Swift does, he'd have 225 fantasy points so far this season, running back one. Michael Carter would be the running back seven with 137 fantasy points. The current running back 40, Tyler Algier, if he averaged the fantasy points per touch that Swift does, he would be the running back 10 with 126 fantasy points. And his own backfield mate, Jamal Williams, would have 155 fantasy points and be the running back five. So clearly, Swift is the best option for this team as well. Now, I know that Swift has missed time, so I thought I'd work out you know, what, what he would be on if he was just now, even with the missed time, if he was just getting an average amount of touches. So the top 24 running backs this season are averaging around 17 touches per game, which is six more than Swift is getting. Um, so And and if if Swift was, was averaging those 17 touches per game, he would be averaging 23.8 
points, fantasy points, and he'd have 95 fantasy points, so he'd be the running back 21 overall, having missed half of the season. You know, but basically what I'm trying to say is Swift is amazing and he's the best player on this Detroit Lions roster. And I don't want to hear the injury argument because for most of the games that he's played, he's not had an injury designation. So it makes no sense why the Burley using him. Obviously for fantasy, but for real life as well, he's clearly the best player on this team. But hopefully, with all that jargon, I've shown that DeAndre Swift is amazing for fantasy per touch of the ball. I, does does those numbers not make you two as frustrated as I am for as a fantasy player that he doesn't get the ball more? Yeah, I mean, definitely, especially when you know you have a player that's as explosive as that that just doesn't get used in 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 the red zone. I mean, DeAndre DeAndre Swift's hope for a touchdown is if he busts one for thirty yards or something, which has always been frustrating, but. I know what you mean. It's 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 baffling, really, that they don't um, that they don't lean on him as much as they should do. But then again, they are one and seven or one and six or whatever. Yes. So, yeah. So why I would guess you change, why. why why would you change anything that you're doing if you're one and six? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, First overall pick. But moving on, yeah. Well, they need a quarterback. But moving on to waivers. Um, me this week, I had a couple of rookie running backs that I just wanted people to keep an eye on. Uh, one of them has been, you know, downgraded since the Heinz trade because because one of them was James Cook of the Bills, and the other one is Rashad White of the Bucks. The both just because they're both rookies who seem to be gaining trust from the team, and both well, White only White now is the next guy up if the star got injured for net, and um, the both part of running games that aren't exactly perfect at the moment. The, the the Cook argument was that Singletary is just fine. He's not a world beater. So Cook is on, Cook's on a team that he could effectively usurp the starter. But obviously with Hines coming now, that's going to be a lot harder. Um, it's annoying because I do think Cook looked quite exciting. And like I said, they were trusting him more. So maybe, maybe throw that one out the window, I suppose. But Rashad White should be added definitely because Fournette is not running the ball well on the ground so far and the Bucks' offense is struggling and they keep saying they're going to get White more involved and this offense needs spicing up a bit so maybe that is getting Rashad White more involved. So I would definitely say have him rostered, especially if you're the Fournette owner in case something happens. So yeah, um, but Lou, who, who, who have you got this week? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Karen Williams, who's running back for the Rams. Um he got injured on the punt return to open up the Rams season, but uh, there's a lot of buzz about him. Per that with, you know, the Rams backfield. It's sort of there for the tech in, you know, Cam Akers is in exile and uh there's a myriad of different runners this past week getting used, so if you've got room on your roster, I think Williams is worth a pick up to see if there's anything there. And then Josh Palmer, um, wide receiver for the Chargers. Uh, he missed the last game to, due to a concussion, but when he's played, he's been pretty good. He's averaged four receptions and 40 receiving yards. Um, he's got double-digit fancy points in three of six games, uh, and that's with that's him being the second and often third target on the team. So he's still only, only rostered in 25% of leagues, and I'm going to talk about him a little bit more uh, soon. So I, but I just think you should add him. Mm, Sharples. 
Um, so my first uh, waiver pickup uh, is the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota, um, rostered in only 34% of leagues. He snuck his way into the quarterback eight slot. So that means if you're in a 10 or 12 man league, like he's better than some of your starting quarterbacks. Um, he's averaging 45 rushing yards per game in the last four games, which is propping him up nicely. Anytime a quarterback can use his legs, it's, it's always a good thing. And I think, you know, if, if, if you drafted... Uh, you know, a Brady, certainly a Stafford or a Wilson, you could do a lot worse than Marcus Mariota in your lineup. Or, you know, uh, and if you've got a good quarterback uh, already, you know, get him on the bench as your backup because there's a lot of bye weeks coming at the minute. So, uh, yeah, that was my first one. Uh, and my second pickup uh, was Terrence Marshall Jr., who is the uh, wide receiver from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, only rostered in 5% of leagues, so he's certainly out there. Um, there isn't much science behind this one, to be honest with you. I just really like the look of him uh, last week against the Falcons. Um, he caught four receptions for 87 yards, looked big, looked quick, looked physical. Uh, and he looks like he's going to step into the number two role in, in Carolina, which, to be fair, isn't the most exciting offense. But given that it's under a bit of transition with P.J. Walker coming in, we don't really know how it's going to shake up. And if P.J. Walker likes throwing to him, then, you know, why not? So I think he's definitely worth a punt. So, properly looking forward to week nine now. Um, a few teams on by, six teams. you got the Browns, the Cowboys, the Broncos, thank God, uh, the Giants, the Steelers, and the 49ers. But considering there are that many teams on a bye, it doesn't feel like there's that much of a hit to fantasy. There's still a lot of players knocking about. And we're going to start off looking forward to those players, as we always do, with... Forget about it! Players that are locked into your lineup, no matter what. So at the quarterback position, you got Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Burrow, and Kyler. Forget about it. Running back: Eckler, Kamara, Henry, Cook, Walker, Taylor, Pierce, Jacobs, Mixon. Forget about it. Keep an eye on that Jonathan Taylor one, by the way. But you have to still be playing him. Wide receiver, Hill, Cup, Diggs, Jefferson, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, sorry about last week, Hopkins, Waddle, and Mike Evans. Forget about it! And at the tight end, Kelsey and Andrews. Forget about it! Gerald Everett, I don't think so, lads. What do you think? I'll let you have the final say on this one. Before our mate leaves, I'll let you have the final say on this one. Gerald yeah, Everett. Yeah, don't let it get it. Grab him before he leaves. I've gra- um, grabbed him. I mean, I, I would... Good. I would. I would argue Goddard far more than Everett, but you Everett's know, got a very nice Sharples. matchup this week. Sharples. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I know it's the tight end position, but I don't think you can forget about it if it's you know ten, eleven points a game. So no, for me. Okay. Right, mate, you're free to go. You don't have to say it again. See ya. Um, <laughs> our week nine players this week. Players who were planting our flags on. Let's start with the quarterback, and we'll start with Alex Sharples. Uh, I have uh, Captain Ayahuasca himself, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, I targeted the Lions last week at quarterback, and it worked quite well for me, so I'm going back to that well again. Um, Not to be confused with the Tom Brady well, which is stagnant and will give you cholera. Um, (laughs) Lions defense is still giving up hell of a lot of points the most fantasy points and, and i just fancy rogers to um to dissect them with surgical precision uh additionally the lions offense is looking good obviously the minus tj hawkinson now so hopefully 
uh, as it happened with the with the Dolphins, he will be forced to uh, throw the ball for four quarters. Um, and I'd just like to see him do well because I quite like Aaron Rodgers despite all his flaws. So, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers this week for me. Sweet, Lou. I'm going to go with Geno Smith. I think that's a bit more bit more of a, you know, a surefire quarterback than the past couple of weeks. Uh, he's been a model of consistency this year. Averaging over 17 fantasy points a game, 13 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio, thrown multiple touchdowns in six of eight games played. Um, the playing, Seattle are playing the Cardinals, they played them a few weeks ago, and it was a pretty stale affair. Um, Seattle won 19 to 9 at home, but with DeAndre Hopkins back for the Cardinals, and the Cardinals' running game should be a lot healthier than it was. Uh, in the last matchup, I think this can be a bit more high flying. Um, that's actually re- reflected in the odds as Vegas has this matchup as the highest over under of the week at 50 points. So, in terms of the Cardinals' defense, there's still a great matchup for quarterbacks. They've given up the fifth most yards and completions, the fourth most passing touchdowns, and they're giving up 20 fantasy points a game to quarterbacks. Uh, it should be high scoring. Gino should still have Lockett and Metcalf. I'm all in. Sweet. And I'm going to go Justin Herbert. You might say this one's cold, but Herbert has not scored 20 fantasy points in a month. He's not been amazing, especially where you drafted him. Uh, so in a week where he, he would have been a questionable, forget about it anyway, I decided to, to just pick him here and and use it as a bit of a confidence pick for Herbert owners. Look, I think Herbert is a quarterback that you should target in trades because he's going to be great for the rest of the season the roster it's been banged up but it's only going to get healthier um i don't care if he's got no mike williams i don't really care if he's got no king allen because players like justin herbert dominate teams like the atlanta falcons who he's playing this week of course you would rather have you would rather he have his best pass catchers but my point is that you're not benching herbert just because of injuries to pass catchers on his team he throws the ball. He throws the ball so much, regardless of who he's got. But they still have Eckler, Everett, Palmer, and Allen hasn't been ruled out. So th- there are weapons there. And off a bye week, I bet the Chargers come up and put up a bunch of points against the Falcons because there's going to be plenty of playoff places up for grabs in the AFC, and the Chargers need to get rolling if they want to be there at the end of the season. You know, as I said at the start, this is just a confidence pick from me. I'm backing Herbert. To, to smash it and be a, a forget about it again next week. Let's go. Let's go running back, Sharps. Uh, yep, so this week at running back, I've gone for Miles Sanders uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think, as, as Lou mentioned, um, last week he was really efficient, 78 yards from nine carries, but ultimately it was a touchdown that's, you know saved him from being a bust. But this week, he's up against Houston, who were giving up the most points to fantasy running backs, and they just got absolutely mauled for 210 yards by Derrick Henry, and I think overall about 350 rushing yards for, for the whole team. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's a tasty matchup for Sanders. Obviously, Miles Sanders isn't Derrick Henry, um, as I found out two years ago when I drafted him in the second <laughs> round, and he was terrible. But um, he is averaging around 18 carries uh, per game, and if he gets that against the Texans, he should be on for a really good week. Lou? Going to go Aaron Jones, running back for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I feel like Jones has won won this backfield back now, hasn't he? Like At the start of the season, Jones and AJ Dillon, the snap counts and opportunities were pretty much even, but over the past few weeks, Jones has been drastically out-snapping Dillon. 
Um, he's he's been the clear better runner over the course of the season as well. Jones is averaging seventy two rushing yards a game. Dylan's only averaging forty four. And just look at the eye test. Like Aaron Jones is clearly the better player. Like two weeks ago, he had nine receptions and two receiving touchdowns. Last week, he ran for one hundred and forty three yards against a very decent Bills defense. You know, I mean. And as I alluded to, Jones is used far more in the passing game. He has double the receptions that Dylan has on the season. Uh, now, with that being said, I do think um, this is a game that they can both do well in because they are against the Lions. So I wouldn't be surprised if they both had a pretty decent game. You know, the Lions have given away 13 rushing touchdowns and almost 1,100 rushing yards in just seven games. So... Um, they're giving away the third most fantasy points to running backs. Um, but I do think Jones is the clear number one option now on the whole offense, never mind the running game. Uh, and I think the game script is also pretty juicy for Jones. Green Bay should be able to put up a lot of points on Detroit, uh, and they're going to want to win convincingly for once this season. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on a Sharples pick from last week. Hopefully in the week before he comes, I forget about it, and I'm going to go Travis Etienne. He's the man. After trading Robinson last week, he, you know, the the team's trust in Etienne was repaired with that 156-yard rushing game. It's, it's clear to see why the Jags gave Etienne the backfield because he's so fast and he's so elusive, and that was a pretty good Denver defense that he did that to last week. So it, it, ju- it isn't just a player with a great opportunity like a Tyler Algier, it's a top 10 talent at the position with a great opportunity. So one good week and, and he has to be a forget about it. And I think that good week comes against the Raiders because, you know, we saw Kamara go nuclear against them last week. And a positive there, weirdly, is that a lot of, a big chunk of Kamara's points came as a receiver. And as Sharples alluded to before, that was the one area of ETN's game last week that was kind of lacking. So I'm hoping... That I'm not just calling for this running back to have a big game. I'm calling for this running back to have a big receiving game. And I'm hoping that the Jags saw what what, what Kamara did and they exploit the, Raid, the Raiders' defense in the same way by chucking a bunch of passes ETN's way to uh, go along with his current form on the ground. But let's go uh, Let's go wide receiver, Sharples. Uh, yep, so I've gone for the uh, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, T. Higgins. Um, only had one boom week uh, this season, and his ceiling has been uh, really limited by Jamar Chase, obviously. Um, and with well, obviously with Chase out, it's a great opportunity for Higgins to see an increased target share, which he didn't do last week against the Browns, which was a bit of a shock. But I think, you know, they've had an extra week now in training to acclimatise the fact that Chase isn't there. I think it's still a great offence. Uh, I think Joe Burrow's still the man. Um, plenty of weapons on there. Um, and I've got no worries about them going forward. Um, also, I think given the Panthers last week against the Falcons, we can see there that it's potentially a juicy matchup. A lot of points on both sides there. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Higgins is due a... Well, not necessarily a breakout, because as I said, he had a big week in, I believe, week three but uh, a second big breakout this season. Um, so, yeah, T Higgins this week for me at wide receiver. Luke? I'm going to go Josh Palmer. I spoke about him in the waiver section. I think this plays into your quarterback pick, Al. Um, as you said, Mike Williams is out, and uh, you know we're in doubt if Keenan Allen is fully healthy or even still the player that he has been. Um, 
I know the numbers that are highlighted in the waivers segment for Josh Palmer aren't anything special, but the main reason he's my start this week is because he's coming into this game as potentially Justin Herbert's top wide receiver target against a Falcons team who's dead last in yards, receptions and fantasy points given up to wide receivers. Herbert, he's shown that he trusts Josh Palmer because Palmer already has games this year with 8, 9 and 12 targets. Uh, I think, I know Eckler's probably going to soak up some of the spur targets from Mike Williams, but I still think they're going to need to throw the ball in this game against the Falcons, who can score points, so it has the potential to hit the over. So I think Palmer can be a really solid flex player in this game. Yeah, and I'm going to go Terry McLaurin, wide receiver of the Washington Commanders. Like I alluded to before, this is like last week's DJ Moore pick where I'm chasing a wide receiver's value with a new quarterback's tendencies. McLaurin has had his best two fantasy performances of the year in the previous two weeks with Taylor Heineke at quarterback, and the two of them clearly have chemistry from playing together over the past few years. That's translated to eight targets per game over the past two games and a combined 186 receiving yards for McLaurin and Next week, the Commanders play Minnesota. Very nice matchup against wide receivers, and I expect this volume and success to continue. Why don't you round us off with your tight end, Sharples? Uh, yep, so I've gone for tight end for the uh, New York Jets, uh, Tyler Conklin. Um, just let me start off by saying I'm not expecting a repeat of last week um, when he had 25.9 points, two touchdowns, and uh, six receptions for 79 yards. But the yeah, fact you expect him to do better, aren't you? Yes, yes, of course. I want seven <laughs> touchdowns. Um, no, but the, the the fact that he got the 10 targets is very encouraging. And it was also against a, a pretty staunch Patriots defense. Uh, he's coming up against the Bills uh, this week, which obviously isn't fun for anyone. Uh, but I think the Bills defense will force Will, um, Zach Wilson to pass quickly. Uh, and if the Bills do anything like what the Patriots did and just completely knock Garrett Wilson off his running route, uh, it's going to mean that um, Conklin again will be, you know, probably the, the main receiver there that's available. Um, so I'm hoping he's going to see a similar number of targets. Probably not going to turn him into two touchdowns, but, you know, I think you take 10 targets at your tight end spot all day. So, uh, yeah, the conk man for me. Luke? The conquer. Um, conquer. Tyler the conqueror. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Tyler Higby. Um, <laughs> tight end for the Rams. Uh, listen, like most tight ends, Higby's he's had his down weeks like this past week when he only caught two passes 15 yards, but he's also been very productive uh, in games. He's been more productive than he hasn't been this season. Uh, he already has three games with double-digit targets. He's scored over 10 fancy points in four of seven games that he's played. Uh, he's averaging a very serviceable five receptions and 44 yards on the year. Stafford obviously likes him uh, when the matchup's right, and I think the matchup could be right this week against the Buccaneers defence that's allowing five receptions and 60 yards per game to tight ends. Tampa are giving away the fifth most fancy points a game to tight ends. They seem to be bad against tight ends every single year, the Buccaneers. I'm not really sure why, but Higby's been a key piece in the Rams' offence plenty of times this year, so I don't see why he can't be in this game. And I'm going to go Evan Engram. Now, I would not normally condone starting two players from the Jaguars offense like I have done. However, clearly the Raiders are there for the taking. 
Uh, Engram's previous four-game pace, he's, he's, as in the four games that we've just had, he's on pace for 80 receptions and 900 yards, which will be a Pro Bowl-level season from a tight end. Now, there are those silly Evan Engram drops in there, but for the most part, he's a top-six player at the position at the moment, and the Raiders are a team to target with all of your players, but in terms of defending the tight end, they are bottom three. So I expect Engram to keep going, and I guess I expect the Jags to win this game and score a lot of points. Here's to hoping. But in terms of those Week 9 matchups, really not many good ones this week. Um, Sharples, uh, are there any in the uh, the good tier or the elite tier? Yeah, so only the one in 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 the top tier, and I sort of had to shoehorn it in a little bit. But I'm hopeful that the Cardinals Seahawks can be can be a high scoring affair. Um, but then equally, it's also got the potential to be like 14 all. But of all of them, I think that's the one that could have the the highest ceiling. Lads, I don't think I'm watching Rams at Bucks. Ooh, I mean, I I might watch it to. To watch some bad football. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that the, the like I said, like I just mentioned, the Raiders at Jags could be interesting, and I'm actually looking forward to the Dolphins at the Birds, but not really many standouts this week. Give us the the bomb of the barrel, though, Sharps. Uh, for me, the Patriots versus the Colts. Ooh. Two two very bad offenses. Um, mm. Yeah, I just can't see that being interesting. And I I don't share your optimism on Jags Raiders, actually. I, um, I don't think that one's going to be very interesting either. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of talking myself out of it as we speak. So, Lou, Lou any, uh, any any games? Um, I'll just say we're back to 6pm kickoffs on Sunday, folks. Um, clocks go back over in America. So, um I am interested in in two games. The Ravens at the Saints, which is the Monday night game, I think will be interesting because the Saints have been a bit up and down this year and the Ravens have also been a bit up and down in games. So I I I I can't I really can't call that game. I couldn't tell you who's going to win. I'd be interested to see the spread on that game as well. Um, and I also am interested in the Packers Lions. Just go. I want to see the Packers absolutely trounce someone because there's a. Personally speaking, I have a lot of pieces in that Packers offense, <laughs> so I want to see him go off finally. And I think this is the game to do that. Yeah. Here's the hoping, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get beat. Um, well, that's going to do it, though. Looking forward to week nine. Looking forward to it a lot, actually. Uh, any closing thoughts? Um, yeah. Uh, three certainties in life. Uh, deaths. Death, I should say. Taxes. And the Packers not bringing in a high-quality wide receiver. Yeah, and the Lions <laughs> not giving the ball to DeAndre Swift. And have you got one, Lou? Uh, and me picking a goose at tight end. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening. As always, enjoy the football of the weekend. See you later. See ya. Bye-bye.